All right, you got your camera? You got a bag? You ready to go? Jump on in. We're heading down the road. My name's April, and I'm an award-winning landscape photographer and tour guide. I've been leading small group photo tours for over 20 years. For photographers, non-photographers, and anyone else that just likes to go for a great trip. So welcome to my podcast, Eyes for the Road. Thanks for joining me. This is April. Today, we're going to be exploring seven of my favorite historic Los Angeles restaurants. There are thousands, literally thousands of wonderful places to eat in Los Angeles. You can experience all different types of cuisine in all kinds of different locations and for all different reasons. But tonight, I'm going to share with you seven of my favorite places that I think are historic, iconic, and worth the drive and the effort to go there. Whether you're a visitor to LA or whether you're a longtime Los Angeles area restaurant and looking for a great new place to take your date or meet friends or take your family. And then we'll also hear from Adrian Scott Fine, who's the Director of Advocacy for the Los Angeles Conservancy. And part of the reason that I put this podcast together because I'm very passionate about preserving historic restaurants, bars, places where you can actually feel history happen. So at the after I talk about my favorite places, I'm going to also share the Formosa, which holds a special place to me. And you also have an opportunity to help preserve the Formosa and Adrian will share that information. So let's get started. First up, I will start with the Apple Pan. The Apple Pan is a beloved West Side restaurant. It's been, it's a little diner kind of tucked in on uh, Pico Boulevard. Across the street is the Landmark Theater. And if you've not checked out the Landmark Theater, yes, it's a movie theater, but it gives you an opportunity to take in special events such as having the director come and speak with you sometimes the actors and actresses have special opening events for new movies you'll get some indie films you'll get some different types of films and movies that you may not see at your average um, movie theater and then after you take in a movie right across the street check out the apple pan it's a small little family-owned diner it's been in la for many many years It's a simple counter. It's not much to walk in and look at, but it's like stepping back in time. They're apparently known for their hamburgers, but I go there for the hot tea, a cup of coffee, and a hot slice of apple pie, hence the name Apple Pan. So there you have it. Late afternoon, they're open 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. They've been there 70 years, and they're across from the Landmark Theaters. You've got street parking, or you can park in the Landmark parking lot. Just watch your times. Um, L.A., as far as metered spots and parking lots, are pretty brutal as far as parking rates. So if you're visiting L.A., keep that in mind. If you're a tourist and want to hit the Landmark and the Apple Pan and some other things in the area, You could always use one of the ride services such as Uber or Lyft to drop you off and come back and pick you up. All right, so that was number one. And number two, and by the way, these are in not any particular order. These are just some of my selections that I've personally visited and continue to return to or suggest when people are asking me where they should visit when they come to Los Angeles. 
if you're going downtown, there's a lot of things to see in downtown LA and a lot of people that live in Los Angeles honestly have never visited downtown, the historic core, kind of where it all started. Um, there were Victorian homes. There was a whole city there. There was, you know, just businesses and, and bankers and shoppers. And, and there was actually a thriving downtown that had buses and uh, public transportation and a whole system, a whole life was going on down there before, you know, the high rises went in and, you know, you had people move out and out to the suburbs as such. But tucked in down there, if you visit the Union Station, which is a historic train station, or want to see Alvera Street, which is the kind of, again, the historic area. There's a lot of Mexican shops and ethnic. It's like taking a little trip to Mexico. If you keep walking a few streets down, check out Philippe's. They claim they're the original home of the French dip sandwich. It'll be busy. It's got a great, it's definitely worth walking from, say, uh, Union Station. You can go past Chinatown to get to it. And you'll walk up to a counter, you'll pick up a tray, like a lunchroom tray, definitely order the French dip sandwich, and then you have a selection of sides. You can do the potato salad, you can do fresh fruit. It's your typical kind of cafeteria style, 1920s, 1940s style food that's been so popular. It's an affordable lunch. Everything's kind of charged a la carte, and they have plenty of desserts as well. Um, and then it's open seating at many of the different um, benches. But definitely take a group and have a good time and check out Philippe's. They're open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. They have TVs going on as well, so you can catch your game, you know, the latest baseball game or sporting event while you're eating your French dip sandwich. Moving on, we've got number three. Ooh, I think I'm going to go with the Dresden. This place is definitely a must, I think, if you're coming to Los Angeles. This isn't Disneyland. This is the real deal. Um, the main attraction here is Marty and Elaine. They're a husband and wife singing duo who've been performing here at the Dresden for probably the last 30 plus years, maybe longer. I probably have to check my facts. But every night they're singing songs, they're performing in the bar, they're probably one of the longest married entertainers that are stayed married and continue to work together day after day in the Los Angeles area. They're truly a joy to watch. They're just a lot of fun. They love what they do. They really pour their heart into being here at the Dresden Room. Um, but the actual restaurant itself, um, don't go, you're not really going there for the food. It's your classic, probably 50s, 60s kind of steak dinners, the lobster tail, white tablecloths with white booze. I mean, but just to walk in that room definitely feels like you're stepping back into another era. Kind of almost looks like it belongs kind of in like South Beach, kind of Miami, kind of that era with the silver and the white and just the whole ambiance of the place and that's why you go that's why you go to this place this is the real deal it's been like this it says they've been serving predictable mid-century fare since 1954 again like i said lobster tail steaks um i found the food average but again i wasn't going there for the food take your 
take a date, take your family and make this an, a fun evening, you know, sit down and have dinner. Just say you've done it once and support this couple, Marty and Elaine and see a real performing duo. All right, next up, I've got, ooh, we're getting down there to some of my favorites. I'm going to have to pick the Tam O'Shanter. The Tam O'Shanter is, again, a place that had been on my list to visit for many years um, after moving to Los Angeles. This is, this isn't Disneyland. This is the real deal. Um, it's located on Los Feliz Boulevard. From the outside, you've got, it kind of looks like a, kind of a fantasy say hobbit house maybe a fantasy type there was a name for this type of architecture kind of looked like out of snow white with the sloped roofs and the kind of low hung kind of like sherwood forest kind of thing and outside there's a um, british phone booth and it just it just reeks of maybe like going somewhere in scotland or ireland go there on a cloudy rainy day you'll probably even feel more like you stepped into like sherwood forest with the merry men and all of that or you're with harry potter i mean walk in there and you will see why walt disney spent a lot of time here and maybe got some of his ideas here in fact you can see the table where walt disney uh drew into the table in the main room there's a main room with a fireplace and it's adorned in flags i think this looks like harry potter copied it and if you can't eat at the hearst castle which is really where the inspiration came from which is i think they occasionally let people eat at hearst castle but for big money because you're supporting the state house up there but come to tam o'shanter and go at lunchtime it's a little bit more affordable it's owned by lowry's now so you're going to be getting prime ribs steak options chicken options you know mashed potatoes we're talking your traditional family fare here desserts uh fresh chocolate chip cookies the waitresses are dressed kind of kind of um kilts uh, i don't know again i think the the hooters group and the kilts group kind of took their <laughs> took their ideas from this place everyone's super friendly it's just a great family event to go to or spend an evening go here though go to the real deal go to tam o'shanter i mean disney disney got his idea from places like this that popped up in the 30s and 40s and this one's been in business support these places all right so my next one this is going to be tough i got muso and frank and i've got yamashiro so I'll tell you about Musso and Frank first, because I think a lot of reasons as tourists, as travelers, you come to Los Angeles is, let's face it, you come for Hollywood, you come for the movie industry. That's really what the driving, you know, you may come for the beaches. We have beaches too, but really the draw when people come to Los Angeles is they want to see the movie stars. They want to feel like they stepped, they came to where the magic happens. And, and it's like, it's like, well, where can I go see the stars? I mean, that, and that's why you still see people selling maps to the stars' homes. But when you sit and ride in the open-air bus or you get the map and you drive around with your friend in your car, you'll see a gate and a hedge. But you won't actually see the, see the house. You're not going to – you may be lucky and bump into a movie star here or there getting their coffee at Starbucks or whatnot. But – to really feel that ambience of where it all began in the golden era of Marilyn Monroe, 
Clark Gable, Humphrey Bogart, some of the biggest names, some of the legends as such that live on today from that golden age of Hollywood movie making. Go down to Musso and Frank. Go in there. This is, again, some of these people have been working there. If you go to visit their website, they have photos of some of the waiters and bartenders that have been there since 1967. I think that's the oldest one I saw today when I clicked on there. But these guys are dressed as they would have been in that era. They've got a back parking lot. And on their website, as they suggest, if you'd like complete privacy, you can call ahead and get access. You know, you can get the star treatment. You know, you can get the uh, park in the back, come in the back door and, and be seated in these dark booths and have your own dining experience. This is this is a special place. This is a place you want to save for that that trip, that birthday, that anniversary dinner. It's the same wood paneling, the same red leather booths. You might be sitting in the same booth, in fact, that Marilyn Monroe sat in, that Cary Grant spent time in. Even the writers, Steinbeck, uh, Vonnegut, many of these people spent a lot of time in this place. And once you go there, you'll feel that special. You can feel that history just kind of eking out of the red leather booths and the and the waiters and the and the style. There's just a style and class that exists there. Dress up, make it an evening or and treat yourself. Go to Musso and Frank if you're coming to Los Angeles and if you've lived here, this is a great place to celebrate. Take a date, um, celebrate someone's birthday, especially for anyone that's interested in Hollywood history. This is a great place. So go online if you need to make a reservation, if you know you're going to be in Los Angeles for a specific date. You never know when they might be busy or they'll actually close for special events, especially around award season. And there's a lot more awards now that happen in Los Angeles than I ever knew growing up as a kid. So go to the website, make a phone call, get your reservation in. They are now open Sunday nights, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., and Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. You can walk in and sit in the bar area, but again, if the place has been closed down for a special event or filming, you might miss out on this special opportunity. So definitely put Musso and Frank on your list. So up next, I've got Yamashiro. Wow, this place is another must-do. If you've not been to Yamashiro and you live in uh, Los Angeles, shame, shame. <laughs> you got to go to this place. You got to check it out. The history here is extensive. It won't appear on those lists that you see if you're searching for oldest restaurants simply because it was never, it's never continuously been an operating restaurant. Interestingly enough, it was built as a replica of Yamashiro Temple outside of Kyoto, Japan. Two brothers built their mansion on the top of this hilltop, which has an incredible view of the lights of Hollywood and the entire city. And at the top of the mountain, originally they built 300 stairs through a terraced Japanese garden. Much of this has been restored, but at one time after the brothers passed away, the uh, mansion went under a period of the 19, it was during World War II. 
Um, kind of a dark period on the West Coast of World War II with Japanese history, Japanese Americans. But the building was shuttered up and treated as a boys' military school. So you can imagine all of the beautiful, ornate work that actual people from Japan came in and created for these two brothers' incredible mansion was boarded up. Plywood, standard army issue, gray and black paint. And then it kind of fell into disrepair. And luckily for us, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Glover came around, came along and saved the day, literally. He was about to bulldoze it down, turn it into a hotel and some apartments. Um, this according to the website information. But as he started to strip away the dark, dingy paint and pull away some of the boards, Beneath all of this was still the ornate, incredible mansion, the intricate woodworking, um, some of the detail of the gold ceilings and whatnot of this incredible Japanese palace mansion. Uh, I mean, just amazing. Can you imagine your surprise when you're thinking, oh, this is just a, a, a beat up old piece of gray cardboard building and I'm just gonna bulldoze it and you luckily peel away some layers and you've got this gem. So he and his handy pant, handyman took it upon themselves to, well, they decided, you know, to op kind of work on one back room. So they opened one back room, started charging a dollar, I believe it was, for an exclusive Hollywood club. So the who's who of Hollywood, this was exclusive. You know, everybody that's a celebrity or even some, you know, people that want to hang with the celebrities, you know, this was like, wow, you know, and the view, once you get up there, it's the same view you have today. So they started paying their dollar. Um, his handyman started making drinks. Um, I think they were like 45 cents or something, they said. And little by little, the, it, the word got out. So then they needed to refurbish another room. So they slowly you know, kept refurbishing rooms until one New Year's Eve, and it, it's not clear what year and what New Year's Eve, but these same two gentlemen had completed renovating and put in four tables and decided, hey, it's New Year's Eve. Let's, oh, let's really celebrate. Let's invite everybody. Let's whip up some more d'oeuvres and snacks, and boom. Hence, Yamashiro, the restaurant, was born. And from there, it just continued to grow. They refurbished the gardens. Um, they had some interesting little tea houses. They had exotic um, animals back when the two brothers owned it. Monkeys and, and black swans and all kinds of things lived up here in this hillside. But when, the two, uh, when Mr. Glover took it over and started as a restaurant, a lot of this took time to refurbish and his funds. And... It's come close to we've we've come close to losing the Yamashiro again. I guess just last year in 2016, the entire hillside was up for sale again, and it was unclear whether the restaurant would be shuttered and we would no longer be able to go enjoy this beautiful palace with these incredible views and Japanese dining. You can, you know, there's on the menu, there's sushi and different things you'd find in a Japanese restaurant. So take it upon yourself to go and seek this out now because once you climb up it's valet parking only at the top i believe it's ten dollars to valet park there's a it seats about 500 
This again is a place that can be rented out for an event. So call, make sure they're gonna be open if you're visiting from out of town and wanna make this a special evening. Go at night to see the lights of the city. Um, they've got lighted paths through the gardens. They've done a lot of extensive work. From April to September um, this past year in 2017, they were doing Thursday, Thursday nights um, with music and other food trucks and venues. They hope to continue this again in 2018, given that the new owners will continue. They, the place has been sold and is um, apparently under new ownership, but the restaurant is still open for service as of this podcast, which it's now October 2017. So this is a treasure. Make Yamashiro a must-see along with Muso and Frank. And um, up next, I'll be introducing uh Adrian Scott Fine, he's the Director of Advocacy for the Los Angeles Conservancy. The Los Angeles Conservancy is definitely a website and a group you should look up. They conduct uh, weekend tours of downtown Los Angeles. They have one that goes into all of the historic Broadway theaters. Um, the interiors of these are masterpieces from the golden years of movies and movie palaces and red velvet and actual ushers that would usher you to your seats and the only way to see some of these theaters is either when they're doing their film festival in the summertime or on one of these uh, conservancy tours they also do a tour of just the iconic structures of downtown los angeles so look up uh, los angeles conservancy their tours are ten dollars but today I wanna to share a place that really needs all of our help that I haven't spoken of yet, and that is the famous Formosa Cafe. Another um, iconic, this one's more of a bar, um, kind of crafted out of a 1920s rail car with red leather boots, dark lighting, sat next to, at the time it originally was United Artists Studios, I'm not sure, I think it's Sony now that owns the studios right next door. But the place literally feels like it's going to disappear into the concrete any day now. The, the redevelopment that's going on in Hollywood and all over Los Angeles is just incredible. Um, you know, we're making room for more people, more businesses. The Formosa needs your help. So we're going to um, introduce Adrian. He's going to tell us a little bit about the history of the Formosa and what you can do to help save this incredible place. So join me and take a listen as we talk to Adrian. Thanks. Adrian, you're the Director of Advocacy for the Los Angeles Conservancy. So tell us a bit about the significance of the Formosa Cafe for those who haven't maybe visited Los Angeles yet or it's kind of been in their background of places they want to go and maybe haven't been there. Sure. No, it's one of those places that um, holds a special meaning for a lot of people in Los Angeles. Um, it's what we would call a legacy bar and restaurant that it's been in operation um, since the early 1920s mm -hmm. um, in continuous use. And it has a lot of history in terms of personal connections for people, but also certainly within Hollywood history, uh, film noir, uh, boxing history, and even mobster um, organized crime history. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's got a little bit of everything in terms of that. It opened in around 1925 by a, a former prize fighter who came here from New York City, and it evolved over time, and by the mid-40s, it really had taken on this 
um, Cantonese uh, theme and became the Formosa Cafe that many people know and love today. And then a lot of people rediscovered it in uh, Hollywood movies like L.A. Confidential. It had a very memorable scene within that movie as well. Um, there's been so many movie stars, too. I mean, as a child, I didn't grow up in Los Angeles, so Hollywood always held this allure. And to me, visiting the real places where some of the real stars you know, ate and dined, um, can you speak of a few of the big names that have spent time in the Formosa and yeah, uh, you name it. Um, <laughs> the, one of the features of the building uh, for many years, and, and we're hoping will be brought back through this rehabilitation project, is it had all these iconic, you know, images of Hollywood, you know, really the who's who of Hollywood legends that had dined there and spent time there. So there were photographs and autograph photographs all over the walls of the, the interior. So we're hoping that comes back. There's people like Frank Sinatra. Um, uh, allegedly, this is where he had his chicken chow mein um, uh -huh. after he won his Oscar from here to eternity. And people like Clark Gable, Howard Hughes, and then again, you know, the organized kind of um, crime guys from Mickey Cohen to Bugsy Siegel were also uh, regulars at at the at the Formosa. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, it's just a wonderful place. I was saddened when I drove by, because it had been several weeks or maybe months, sometimes in LA you get busy and don't get to certain areas you want to see if you don't live in the heart of, you know, Hollywood in LA. And when I saw the big Target Plaza next door, <laughs> I got really concerned. And then again, to see it close in January. So tell us about what's happening now with the, the Vote Your Main Street and some of the other things that are happening to save the Formosa. Sure. So it closed um, at the end of last year, and then there was quite some concern about the future of the Formosa. And fortunately, there was a call to find a new operator, and we're very fortunate and happy that the 1933 group, which owns and operates a number of other bars and restaurants across the city, like the Idol Hour in uh, North Hollywood or the Highland Park Bowl, which are both vintage historic places that have come back, they were selected, and now they are taking over the Formosa and hope to open it up next summer. So they're putting together their plans um, and thinking about how to do that, but also a critical piece of this is raising funding to do the key restoration and rehabilitation of elements of the Formosa. And there became this opportunity through the National Trust and American Express called Partners in Preservation, mm -hmm. which essentially provides grant funding uh, for up to $150,000 uh, per project, but the, the, the key is it's a, a competitive process, so there's 25 projects across the country that are all competing for a pot of, uh, you know, to, get, to right. get one of the grants, and not everybody will get it, so it's very much a popular vote. Um, effort, and that's why we're really pressing so hard that people across Los Angeles and anywhere else that have a connection yes. with Formosa oh, yes. vote five times a day, up to five times a day um, for the Formosa between now and October 31st, and then early November the, the winners will be announced, and we want L.A. and Formosa to be, and West Hollywood, um, to be right at the top end. Uh, garner that, that $150,000. It will go towards the uh, rehabilitation specifically for the Pacific Electric Red Car, which is kind of at the rear of the site. And mm -hmm. That's really where the Formosa got its start, was with that trolley car, or decommissioned, retired trolley car. So that's, um, 
that's why we're pressing so hard for everybody to go to that website and uh, vote. Yes, definitely. And you've also got an event coming up October 7th. We do. So we're doing all 25 sites across the country that are part of this Partners in Preservation program are doing open houses. And it's a way to get people to um, see the sites, understand more about why they're significant, learn about the program, vote in person. Mm -hmm. So we will be uh, at the Formosa from 11 to 3 on Saturday the 7th. Um, and we can guarantee the first 200 people will have access to have uh, tours through the, through the space, learn about more about what's proposed, what's happening with the project that 1933 Group is doing. We'll have food. We'll have some swag there. We will be asking you to vote in person as oh, well. Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, so it's an opportunity to kind of learn more about it. We'll have some folks speaking about the project and uh, other people talking about the history of the Formosa, too, from uh, different perspectives. So it should be a fun uh, day to come out and experience the Formosa if you haven't been there ever and you missed your opportunity when it was open and look forward to the new, you know, when it reopens or you just want to reconnect with a place that you love. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So are you aware of some of the plans of, that the 1933 group has? Only because I've seen similar, like you said, legacy restaurants, you go back and visit, a new owner has taken over and, and the entire interior, what you loved about it is kind of changed, which kind mm -hmm. of changes the feel of that space. and. Yeah, so the, the plans are still much, very much in the works right now, but everything that we understand in, in talking with the guys from 1933 Group is they want to honor what the Formosa is and mm -hmm. has always been about. So really taking it back to the era that most people have fond memories to, kind of the L.A. confidential, uh, you know, look of the place, um, which is really the, the main period of when the Formosa was in longest operation. They want to bring back those, um, you know, 250, 300 um, photographs from, yes. you know, Hollywood's, you know, hoo-hoo to be back on the wall. So they're working with, the, you know, the former owners and family to try to secure those or to have those be brought back. So it's very much about honoring the Formosa, not trying to recreate or reconstitute it as something it never was. And I think that's what drew our attention to it from the Conservancy and wanting to support this. It, it really is a, a rare thing um, to have and to ensure that it continues for, for Los Angeles and West Hollywood. Oh, I agree. This is just such a treasure. I mean, to me, it's, it's so much more real to experience history when you can go in and sit mm -hmm. down at a booth that maybe, you know, Marilyn or Clark Gable sat at and you know, just kind of seep in the history, so to speak. So it's really, it's really important everyone gets out there and gets to the website. Uh, the website is VoteYourMainStreet.org, and I'll have that in the show notes as well. And if people are in town October 7th, um, get over there and, you know, hopefully get in line. And will people be able to take, I mean, I don't know what the inside looks now, obviously, since it's kind of been in transition. Um, will people be allowed to take photographs inside, or? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it looks very much like it did when it when it closed, so it hasn't. It, it isn't a construction scene yet, okay. so it's an opportunity to kind of see it uh, as a, a before the work begins, which should happen really soon, and uh, to see it in a way that again, it you know, a lot of people either haven't seen or they would like to kind of see it again and to kind of, you know, explore some of the nooks and crannies, especially the trolley car itself, which includes a little back room that was sort of a secret little um, room that some um, 
allegedly, oh. or <laughs> the theory is some business, uh, some bookmaking business may have been taken place, or important meetings right. um, may have taken place in that little back room of the trolley car itself. So, yeah, absolutely, people will get in there and learn more about it, see some vintage photos, and, and hear its history. Oh, sounds wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much today for your time, Adrian, and I hope we get the Formosa saved and on the list and can continue to go and enjoy, have a drink, and seep into the Hollywood history there right here in Los Angeles. All right. Absolutely. No, thank you for covering it. And um, uh, vote five times a day, yes. often and daily. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Adrian. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks a lot. Okay, we covered seven of my favorite iconic historic Los Angeles area restaurants. If you're coming to visit LA, uh, check out the Los Angeles Conservancy. If you'll be in Los Angeles October 7th, be sure to try to get to the Formosa between 11 to 3. And as always, if you've got questions about fall foliage trips, any other photography locations you'd like to see covered, or you need help with an itinerary, please visit my website, fallphototrips.com, or send me an email at april at aprilart.com. So get outside. It's a beautiful time of year and take care until next time.